Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lucky. And look, unfortunately, the Blues have gone down at the hands of the Western Bulldogs by 20 points in the end. A game that I guess was a real missed opportunity. Look, we've got we've got plenty to mm-hmm. discuss tonight. But firstly, Lockie, how are you going? How are you feeling after another defeat? And I guess somewhat of a, another failed test against another somewhat quality opposition. It's no secret that it's a roller coaster of emotions supporting this team. Um, I was just saying to you then that uh, the the mood at the game, obviously you were there and there was definitely a certain vibe with all the supporters throughout the game and I was mm. certainly feeling extremely, extremely negative about it all. Um, watched the first quarterback over dinner tonight and sitting on it for a few days and I'm certainly not as down as I was, but uh, I missed opportunity oh, 100%. Mm. Oh, I definitely, definitely agree. Um, I think it's a, again, it's a roller coaster is kind of it. I, I weirdly, and I'm really interested to know your thoughts kind of throughout this episode because a lot of people, again, after another loss, another missed opportunity, very, very negative, of, of course, understandable. And I don't know. I don't know if I've just, I'm so mentally broken around football from what happened at the end of last year that mm-hmm. when it was happening, it, it kind of felt very expected in a way and i don't know i didn't it hasn't hit me as this negative we're completely done as i think a lot of others are maybe seeing this with our fixtures Mm. coming up so i kind of want to ask you this big question that i've not prepped you for at all before we get into the did we see it uh segment to kick things off but i gotta ask you is all hope lost where we sit right now i guess with our Mm -hmm. tough fixtures coming up or, or are you this glass half full because yeah as i said a lot of fans mm. are left kind of thinking where are we as a team what do we need to change how do we change it what are our expectations do we have to reevaluate everything what are kind of your feelings mm. now and, and do you still see some hope or are you kind of at this almost breaking point that i think a lot of supporters <laughs> are with where things sit currently yeah, definitely seeing plenty of that in the community at the moment, and which, like you said, is super valid for people to interpret that way. Mm. Everyone takes these things indifferently. I definitely am more glass half full than empty. I definitely still believe, I definitely still have hope um, that this is all going to work out. Definitely not feeling as confident as I am that we're going to win the premiership this year as I was at the start of the season. Uh, that's certainly the case, but I'm, I'm not going to like... <sighs> I guess we'll we'll talk about it maybe or later in good versus evil, but it's like there's still there's still too many good things underpinning all of this for me to give up hope. Where in previous years I felt like it was so hard to find any positives, and mm. that like the end didn't feel in sight. There's such clear things going wrong right now, and even though every week we're waiting for them to get fixed and they yeah. don't, I'm not giving up that it still can click mm. at some stage. That's right. Yeah, I think I think you kind of nail that. Like, especially where it feels like it's such an easy fix, or some adjustments can sort things out. But I guess, yeah, as we stand, it's not it's not going our way. But we will we will get into everything because mm-hmm. I think I don't know. Again, I'm still not sure where I sit with this game. I don't know if I'm <laughs> completely angry I'm where you. I am, and I don't know. Like, losing this game is not good enough. Firstly, that obviously goes without saying. And yes. I don't know. We should have won this game. I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that elements of this game shows us what we need to be. And maybe there's a bit of hope that we can still kind of do it. Um, 
and then mm-hmm. how we can fix these problems. And I, I'm hopeful we can turn it around because of that, but we've got to prove it. And I think right now, as things stand, we just are where we deserve to be. And we've got a lot of work to try and change those things to not to actually be in the top eight. Cause I think we're sitting ninth or 10th or something like that at the moment. And with the win loss record as it stands, it's kind of fair enough, but yeah. let's get into it. Let's get into the deep diving of things. Did we see we it? We start where we always love to with the, did we see it segment where we reflect on the things we wanted to see going into this game. Lockie, you had a couple of big ones. Your first one really was <laughs> just, you wanted a win. You wanted a win. Because we've always been getting into the nitty-gritty in this segment, but it felt like this game was building up as don't care how we get it done, just get the yeah. job done. Um, I guess how are you feeling knowing that that's how you perceive things heading into the game? I think even though I'm being glass half full and, and optimistic, um, if we managed to fall over the line in this one, I'd mm. be certainly even more positive. Yeah. And I'd be much more willing to forgive some of those things that made me so incredibly frustrated. I think I texted you at halftime. I, yeah. I haven't felt like this in so long. I felt physically ill yeah. watching that half. Um, so if we if we had managed to scrape over the line, which was looking like a fair chance with mm. 10 minutes to go, um, I... Uh, you know, it'd be a bit of a different vibe today. Mm. It always is. We always say that. We're always like, well, if we just, whenever it's a it's a win, we're always yeah. positive and a negative. But yeah, had to win that no, one. It, we were better. We should have. We should have. Yeah. We sh- we should have, and we had to. And it puts us in a difficult position now, knowing the fixtures. It feels like the the thing we all are going to speak on, and we'll get into that discussion again in more detail as we move on. But yeah, I think I'm disappointed yeah. as well in that aspect where. Just felt like regardless that needed to happen and we put ourselves in a position for everything else that came before it. To not come away with a win is just disheartening. It really is. Um, One of my things that I wanted to see was composure from leaders. Uh, Particularly, I highlighted Jacob Wiedering wanting him to have a bounce back performance and I Mm -hmm. don't think I can really say I saw it. Uh, Leaders all around, I think, didn't have amazing games. Cripper. Uh, my goodness, didn't take his chances, didn't have that composure we needed. Weedering at times showed little glimpses of the old Weedering. There was a few of his deliveries, uh, kicking the ball outside of defensive 50, where I'm like, yes, that's it's exactly what we've wanted from you. A few contests in the air, but I think overall there just wasn't that composed, informed Weedering. And I don't know when it's going to turn, but... We just didn't kind of see it. And we can speak about mentality again at some stage, but the leaders yeah. just didn't take the step, I think, we're desperate for a few of them to take currently. What was your kind of view on on yeah. the leadership as a whole? For sure. It, composure, like it's confidence, and it just it just spills down to everyone mm. in the group. Yeah. It's like, wow, the, the amount of moments in this game where it's like, yeah, that that's just the word I was putting on it. It's like, where's our confidence? We're yeah. so we're so unsure of what we should be doing. We, we're not backing ourselves in, and then the times when we do back ourselves in, yeah, sometimes it mm. fucks up, and most yeah. of the time it's great. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It is bizarre. Uh, the other one that you had, the, the thing you wanted to see was energy early, oh. basically, to show that we're in the game, to show that we're switched on, and we came to play, and and we want to be better. Uh, what did you kind of make of the start of the game? I know the f- I think the first possession that we did have early on, it was like a free kick and Doherty runs onto it, gets the hands off mm. Big Brad. 
and then just shoves it onto the left foot, immediate turnover. That's not the ideal mm-hmm. start. What was your kind of making on that first quarter? Did you see enough energy from the boys? It's humorous when these uh, foreshadowings, as you put these into our Google Doc, I was like, perfect. They're all like <laughs> the exact things that we would have spoken about yeah. anyway. Like everything that we wanted to see is what didn't happen. Mm. Um, God, it's a, it's a trend with us. Like this is, it's, it's been the, like that's why I said on the episode last week, mm. this has been the case ever since we've done the podcast. These, and we always used to talk about the slow starts and the lack of energy. Mm. Like we had, and, and that's not to say we didn't have opportunities in that first quarter, but it, with, with energy being the key word, I, I didn't mm. feel it like I hoped I would. No, no, I agree. And it's, it's interesting that we, I'm not sure there's many games. The only one I can really think of is that Geelong game in the COVID lockdown season, as far as a game where we, oh, yeah. we played That's our best call. footy early. Actually, oh, actually, I say that, but Port and um, Hawthorne last year, probably, where we came Sorry, out, last year, dominated, yeah. and those were it. And, and there's, like, there's three games I can count from the last however long, three, four, yeah. five years that I can think of of when we came out and it's like, we're on. And I think that's just a disappointing yeah. thing where we put ourselves so far behind the eight ball when you start the way we do and everything else that happens in those games leading up to halftime, you're just not putting yourselves in positions to win games of football. And when games are so close, the competition's so close, this is a game we need to win because we're we're battling it out with the doggies for a top eight spot. I don't think that they're nailed on at all. I believe you probably agree with that. The listeners are probably yeah. agree. And I think it's like us to fighting out one of these spots. And so to drop points to them, Deja vu. it's almost like a, a, an eight point game in a way. It's just, it's so frustrating. Mm. And I, I guess, and in contrast, like they didn't take all their chances either, but yeah. the way that they started, the way that they were spreading, that they were taking on the corridor, mm. they were getting their half backs free, uncontested. Where's the pressure? It was like, they were doing the things that I was hoping for in that first quarter. And they could have, they could have been, they could have been five goals up in that first quarter if they mm. took some of their oh. posters off too. So literally, yeah, no, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, I had two others I wanted to see. We'll try and get through them a little bit quickly because these are some big points of contention, though. One of them was I wanted to see fans in full voice because we had another sellout. We we're trying to back it up from last week, and this wasn't that I necessarily believed that the crowd hadn't been good. It was just that. We're in this sticky situation, so I really was hoping that with what happened the week before, booing the team off three-quarter time, fans leaving early, I was just hoping that there wasn't going to be this incredibly nervous start. I was hoping we'd be able to just put that aside and get into it. Um, It's a tough one. I don't know where I sit with what I got. Really? I think you've got a bigger opinion on this. I want to hear yours first oh. and then I'll swing back to me. A very locky move in that one, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the crowd because you did mention this to me before yeah. we started the podcast that you did have some things to say. Well, I think uh, it is sometimes hard to interpret because you can get different feelings at different parts of the ground and you and I were sitting on opposite sides because I actually didn't hear booze where I was sitting, um, but I did hear uh, pins dropping around me and like I was, I was basically whispering to my dad during mm. the game because it was so dead silent mm. in our area, and it stuck with me when you spoke on the pod about a month ago about you know like that that little bit of a g up about like can we yeah try and be positive even when things aren't going our way and try and like be that 
change in the crowd. Yeah. And it was just the complete, complete opposite mm. in my section where myself and my, my dad are normally pretty vocal guys at the footy, as you know, and as you are, li- liking being able to yell out and, and be positive in those moments. And I felt uncomfortable doing it because of how genuinely silent it was in my area. Like, I felt like I was being looked at by everyone around me. It's like, why are you yelling? It's like, we're losing. Why are you yeah. yelling? It's like, these are the moments where we want to be out of support. That, that's at least how mm. I felt in, in my... No, the, the pin drop thing definitely, it hit, I think, in that second quarter. Like, there was just so much frustration building from every single fan, and, and I was definitely one of them. Um, it me was too. just... I don't know. I, I think we were there at the start and we wanted we wanted so much to be this vocal, get into the game, will them over the line. And I don't know, maybe my opinion slightly changed, but like we rocked up and I thought we were ready to do it. But I don't know, when you're not getting anything from the players, it's so hard to will yourself to cheer and hard. to get up and about. Because you look at you look at that second quarter with all those misses, and, and I will want to talk about this at another stage. I keep yeah. saying that. So listeners are probably like, just talk about it now. Just talk about it now. But <laughs> with, the, with the crowd, like it's so hard to get into it when you're just so frustrated and you're watching a game going, everything that you could possibly not want to happen is happening. Everything yeah. is not being executed well. Other team are kicking goals and, and you kick one goal up until halftime. Like that is disgraceful. That We weren't putting anything on the scoreboard to keep us in this game. And it's hard to then get in it as a, as a fan. And I think for me, what I was so happy with as far as the fans was as soon as we got the tiniest glimmer, we were back in mm. it. It was like first goal back in was, yes, we're here. You just have to do it, boys. And while I still think that there's a part of me that wishes, yeah, if when the other team kicks a goal, we get up and about and we cheer for Carlton regardless and we try to do something, it's just so hard mm. to manufacture when you just feel so deflated and there's just – you're looking around at the other fans and everyone's just dejected and everyone's going, we are shit. And that was just mm-hmm. the sentiment around me and it was so hard. But I, I don't know what it was like around you, but – there was still so much positivity in the sense of everyone just wanting us to do well. There were so many little like, come on, just get that mark. Just kick that goal, please. Like we want this so badly. And I think that when it started to turn, it shows just what, what we are like in full voice and how big mm. that turns games. It felt like even though we'd only kicked a couple goals and we were still two, three goals down, it felt like we were four goals up with that crowd. And that's, that's kind of what I wanted with the full voice. It's such a big advantage that we have over the opposition. And you don't know what that does to the to the doggies and whether that kind of allows us to keep playing the game we want to. Because I don't know if, if that's how it felt like to you when we're still two, three goals down, but felt like we were in mm. control because of the crowd noise. Yeah, I, I, I mostly agree with you, except that I guess I feel... I, I've felt that vibe personally at pretty much every home game in the Voss mm. era. Like I've, I felt like we're good at being in that full voice yeah. when we are coming. So I agree. I felt that in the second half. It was just in the first where it was like, mm. yeah. And, and it's like, I'm not blaming anybody because I was feeling it like anyone so nervous and mm. frustrated and angsty about how it was all going. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be noisy, but I don't know. Yeah. There's just a little part of me that, you know, some people say, oh, the players don't, yeah, you know, like the players don't mm. care about what's going on. They're all focused on themselves. But there's a part in me that I guess believes that the crowd can have that impact. Mm. 
Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a good point. Um, the last thing I wanted to see, which is very interesting talking point, definitely something I have mm. us talking about throughout this episode. So we, we can jump straight into this one here. There is no <laughs> saving this one for the listeners, but I asked, I kind of followed up from one that you asked the week prior in a slightly different way, knowing mm. the tough fixture run that we have coming up. I wanted to see a glimpse of what we could be, whether we won or lost, which is kind of what that, what you want to see segment is all about. It was just wanted to see something of that Carlton that we know that can get the run on, that can play our best football. And honestly, even though it wasn't all there, like glass half full, I saw Mm. the glimpse. There was, it wasn't a big glimpse, but it was there nonetheless in that third quarter. And it was just that change in way we were playing. It was that fast, direct ball movement. Just... And I'm hoping that that can give us confidence to play that brand of football over that slower possession style because, like, coaches, mm. look at it. Look at how well we played through that. Players get the confidence of, yes, when you do this, look what happens. Um, off the way that we seem to play in that second half, did you see enough of a glimpse to give you hope that we can turn it around in the in the next run of fixtures? Or was it because of the result, was it just not enough of a glimpse for you? No, no, I'm in complete agreement. Like, I'm being so glass half full that there's things in the first half that uh, give uh, – there was enough Mm. glimpses there for me to have faith. So, just do that third quarter or the second half of that third quarter over and over again and we're not going to be stopped. Mm. It's it's something I don't think we have shown in any game this season of we have control for this quarter. I don't think we've shown that so far and – Run sheet is all over the place. I apologize, Lockie, but because we're talking about that, I want to jump straight to the first burning question from the hot topic section, and then we'll jump to the listener questions, and then we'll jump back to the hot topics because this it leans so well into what we're talking about. And don't mess with the the big one. It is execution versus game plan. Big topic all over social media this week, and the game was a tale of two halves. So I want to get your thoughts on all of this, because mm-hmm. what did you kind of make of the rhetoric coming out of Carlton? Did you think that the much better second half performance was down to just better execution like Vossi and Brad Lloyd were seemingly talking about? And I think Sam Walsh said the same thing. It was just the way we executed that led to the mm-hmm. better second half. Or do you think that we shifted the way that we played in that second half? It is not a fence it, Ian. So don't come oh, for me. Here but it's go. not a fence it to say that it can be both. A fence it is saying, yeah. I don't know, what, it, what even is a fence it, actually? We've never really defined it. It's saying I don't want to we answer. Haven't it. Yes, basically. I, I do. I'll allow you, but you got to back it up. you got to bring the evidence. I That's will. what we're about on this podcast. So let me know why you think yeah. it's a bit of both. Yeah. And uh, to not fence it, which one is it more? I need a more percentage either way. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'll start by saying you. I'm looking forward to hearing your takes on this because you've rewatched the whole game. And we we're just saying yeah. before the pod, my God, you get such a different feeling being at the game versus watching it mm. back because I was pulling my hair out about the first quarter, like I said, and then I watched it back and I was like, eh, okay, not as bad as I thought. And because of that, I would lean more, I'm not putting a percentage, but I would lean more yeah. towards execution myself too. Okay. Yeah. Definitely... Not like, like not trying to say that the first half was perfect in the way that we were trying to go about yeah. doing things, but it's not like we had five inside fifties. 
we yeah. were we we were getting the ball down there. We were in control of the ball at times still, um, and it was decision making, and it was skills to me mm. more than just the game plan. It was obvious that in that like the third quarter that you said we we look completely different because of the way that we're moving the ball and being yeah. more attacking and being more aggressive. But I guess how I take this question is we're saying that something the coaches said we're going to do something different very different at halftime that Mm. would be if you're saying it was the game plan is that how you kind of interpret that if we're saying it's more game plan mm. that means that the coaches changed something yeah look this is this is the interesting thing and and this is kind of why i wanted to bring it up because i mentioned this on twitter um in a very outlandish statement that i'm kind of feel like i'm prone to doing at the moment (laughs) But I don't know, Twitter sends me into a weird headspace where I'm getting so many people almost yelling that I weirdly yell back in a different way. But I I just thought, and I said on Twitter that I I felt like the rhetoric that I was hearing from Carlton supporters, from a few, not everyone, not everyone, but a few was that the players were going against the game plan in the second half. That is what I heard people saying. Uh-huh. People that I, uh, <laughs> half the time, like hearing their opinions. And, and this isn't a slam. Boycott. We've all had bad takes. We've all had bad takes. But this was one that I was seeing Not where us. they were going, the, the, the plan Vossi has in that first half was garbage. And see what happens? Like the players, they they just started ch- changing it differently and going against what Vossi wants them to do. And it was so much better. I don't think that they were going against what Vossi said because that's just like the most ludicrous <laughs> thing. Funny to hear um but i do think that there was a shift and i don't know whether this is 100% a voss saying we need to move the footy a different way and, and maybe through that element it is execution cuz i think yep. some of the issue clearly around what we're doing is knowing when to go fast and when to go slow and so i don't Agreed. know if there is an issue around the game plan where because the coaches have seemingly put such an emphasis on the slow ball movement, retaining possession, that the Mm -hmm. players continue to go back to this rather than wanting to take the game on or what exactly it is that leads to this. But in the first half, we definitely did not move the ball at any way like we did in the second half. First half was slow. There was elements. There was, I think, that our our first Mm. goal or it was definitely a shot on goal. There was one where we just sprinted out ham quick handball chain bang shot on goal um but then second half clearly there was whether bossy was trying to get them to do it or what shifted but that second mm-hmm. half the, the way we had those quick handball chains we had runners running past for the handball we were getting into space there was more of a work rate they were, were playing off the shoulder and, and running into space it seemed like it was what we were doing last year and so that makes me think that there was some sort of shift. I don't know what was said, how we got it to playing that way, whether this is what Voss has been wanting this whole time, but the players haven't been able to do it. I don't know what happened, but the shackles are off in that third quarter. We moved it faster, and I'm hoping that more emphasis is getting put on how we played in that third hmm. quarter compared to the rest because everything shows you why we were so much better in that Mm -hmm. third quarter. And I've got some weird stats to show the first half comparing to that second half that maybe help show a little bit of this. And this is so interesting when you break it down this way because first half, inside 50s, we were plus 11. 
We had more inside 50s. It was 29 to 18. In Mark's inside 50, well, plus one, six to five. So you could say we dominated forward of center, which is bizarre hmm. to think about. Contested possessions were up by 14, but uncontested possessions were down by 43. And I think that's where the doggies hurt yeah. us. We had a bit of the ball. Absolutely. We didn't have good looks at times, but then we didn't execute in front of goal, which we can, that is a talking point I want to get to. But I thought the doggies really hurt us in controlling it on the outside and that hurt us. But then you look at the flip side of it. Second half, we were negative 13 in inside 50s, 21 to 34. (laughs) So we're way more efficient with it. We had two more marks inside 50. Again, shows you that efficiency. We had eight more contested possessions and 23 more uncontested possessions. So we completely switched that around with the way we were able to play on the outside, moving the ball faster, which is what the dog seemed to do in that first half compared to the slow controlled ball movement, which just wasn't getting us good uncontested possessions. What's your kind of thoughts yep. on the stats breakdown there? Yeah, no, I love it. I, I really agree with everything you said then. And I wanted to touch on a point that you made earlier, which was about like knowing it's about making the right decisions at the right times yep. to go fast and slow. Because I'm sure if we tried to go fast at every opportunity in that first half, it wouldn't have been perfect football. Like, no. it's not just let's just go fast all the time and it would work, which I know isn't what you're saying. Mm. Um, and that's why, and that's why I kind of feel like it goes to execution when you, when you, a bit more to execution. When you think about the specific plays, like there was one that sticks in my head where we got a turnover in our defensive half and we stopped and we chipped it around a little bit and then we, we did the big switch and suddenly McGovern's out and he's yeah. in massive space and he could take that option then to lower his eyes and go into the middle. There probably was an option then. But he goes long and kicks out in the full. Yeah. And the, the slow, I guess, build up to that was going to enable us to do something mm. more exciting at the end, which he didn't take that route. So I, I think that at the, it's like, it's kind of like a Fed City thing to say, but I think so much of what we're about is, or what we need to be about is not being one dimensional. And being yes. one-dimensional is the source of so many of our problems right now, where the Bulldogs are like, we can put four players right here because we know yep. what's coming. So if teams think we're going to go fast every time, that's not the answer. It's about us being smarter. And right mm. now we're just not being smart for a whole game. Mm. Look, that that's kind of why I'm optimistic, trying to be, because like, yep. if, if I'm not after that game of football, even though we lost like i don't think i could go to the game next week like that's kind of just how my brain works for people trying maybe listening to this going like we didn't play well we weren't good why are you so kind of positive on this and it's because that's just how my brain works if i don't look for the positive i don't don't see the good and what could happen i'm just going to go insane and so that's where it's coming from obviously it wasn't good enough but like i can't i do agree with you in that point thinking that we do need another element of it because we showed last year when we just went fast, we got burnt so much on, on the other side of it. And I thought our defense mm. definitely held up a lot better at the moment. Yeah. It's just, it's getting the balance right. And I, I don't know if we're going to get it right. I don't know if Vossi mm. and the players are going to unlock whatever it is that we need to get this to click, whether it's, whether it's mentality, whether the players just don't have it to get this working. I don't know. I, but I'm just Possible. hopeful that we saw a little bit, of it from this game. So I guess with that, do you think mm-hmm. after this game that we will see 
a bit more of a move towards that fast-moving Carlton going forward, or will we see us revert back oh. to that slow ball movement? You know, is this is this what Vossi and the players and everyone needed to see to convince us that yes, the slow play, we we've got to pick our times mm. on that, and we've got to put more emphasis on the fast, or do you think that we'll kind of revert to what we had, or does it give us the confidence? What where's your kind oh, of take mate. on this? That's such a hard question because. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question because mm. there's times where there's times where we've looked at players this season and they're clearly thinking I need to go fast here. Yeah. And they handball it behind the guy running past. They handball it to a right footer who's on his left side and then he fucks up the kick. Like I I I'm I don't want us to go into next week and lose and Vossi say, well, not, not that he would say this, but, well, we tried to go fast at every opportunity because that's what worked. Like, I know that's yeah. kind of, like, hyperbolic, but uh, it's so hard. I, I, I think we just need to find the, the better balance. Mm. I'm, I'm not trying but to there, there definitely it, but... There definitely needs to be more, though, because that, that, that's the contrast. Because you see the opportunities that we create when we're able to string the handballs together, when we're able to, to use it effectively – we so, didn't we didn't have that in the first first half at all. And when we have it, look how much space their forwards are in. Look, everyone yeah. that we want to get involved in things are able to get involved in it. But I feel like there's so many elements that have to go right for that to work. Like the the play with the ball, assuming it's probably from uh, you know, a, a stop in play, they need to want to do it. There needs to be the players around in the close vicinity wanting to do it and putting themselves mm. in good spots. And then the guys up the field have to be in good positions or else if we go fast and they've got four defenders as the four guys back, then we've fucked it. So which of those three do you think is it that is letting us down the most? Like why was it not happening? Is it the go with the ball? Is it the guys around him or is it further down the field? Well, I feel like it's it's. I don't know if I can. I'm gonna fence it. I don't know if you can necessarily. Do you get what I'm saying? In point, like, I understand it. I I think my perspective is. I think that there is a time to go slow, and obviously, if there's no option, like you're gonna to have to. But it needs to be a, a mindset shift, and, and whether this is coaching and the game plan to make us every time we get the ball go go because that's what all the good teams are doing right now. All the good teams move the ball fast yeah. and take the game on. The idea, and this is why it needs that complete buy-in from everyone and the mentality to need to take the game on. Guy who has the ball in his hands needs to be going. First option, let's go. He needs to have the runners that are buying in and working hard to be, mm-hmm. be the handball Correct. option, to move around the field. And because we haven't been seeing it enough and we've only seen it really one quarter this whole year, there needs to be, whether it's, Confidence in the players to say, yes, this is how we need to do it and move forward. Or the coaches need to say, we need to be doing this every single time. Like this needs mm. to be, go for it. Because when you do, look how good we are. And if we yes. try to if we try to emphasize the conservative approach so we don't get hurt on the, on the break, if yes, that's what's getting drilled in and if that is how we're thinking, then we're going to be playing it slow and we're going to struggle to find... Mm-hmm other targets. So I don't know if we've overcorrected. It feels like that's the way it's gone. We've overcorrected in a way. And, and maybe this is the layer we've built now and we can find the other gear. And I'm hopeful it is. 
but mm. there needs to be so much more of this take the game on at all costs, this frantic game style, because it just suits us so much better. It suits us when we get the hands into a Walsh streaming through. Chera, Saad, mm-hmm. Chincotta, uh, who else do you want to name? Cottrell now he's in there. Motlop. Yep. These players, mm-hmm. these burst pass players, uh, Ollie Holland's on the wing, whoever it is. We play better mm. when we're streaming forward in numbers, stringing these yes. handballs together. And I think if we can try to emphasize that we need to do this, the mentality is go. The good teams do it. I think you'll find a better balance through that. And so I don't know if this is, again, players or coaches, because yep. you look at the execution piece as far as skills, the players have been so poor that I kind of get your point. At times you're like, have they tried it? But everyone's just so inept at handballing and kicking the football has just gone awry. But I'm just hoping that mm. we push towards ingraining that fast style of play more because the yeah. slowness just doesn't really suit a lot of our players, I don't believe. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with everything there. And I think the phrase buy-in like, sticks yeah. out for me. It's, it's about all, all of those elements in harmony. Then, then mm. I think that that's the way to go. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, I guess on how it ended, we come back, we get in front, but ultimately we lose the game of football, lose by 20 points. They run over the top of us after getting a couple goals in a row. It felt like all of a sudden, as soon as they got that second, it was kind of game done, knowing how much time was left, how many goals we needed to kick, all the work that we did. So I kind of get want to get your thoughts on that last quarter. Do you, do you think that we bottled it, gave up, just weren't good enough? I guess, why do you think that we couldn't hang on for the win after taking the lead in the last? I don't have good takes here. I feel like I've actually blacked out from that last quarter with all the blood <laughs> that rushed to my head when I was screaming as we hit the lead. And then mm. those, all I could picture is us hitting the lead and then the Carlton uh, on day, like game day presenter, whatever her name is, going... <laughs> Not the result we wanted, Carlton fans. Uh, but thanks for coming out, or whatever it was. Like I've just got, like I've got, like a blur between those two times. So, you tell me, give, give me your thoughts. Well, I'll kind of, I'll pivot. I want to ask you one other question on this. Oh, Did you, God. were you confident in thinking we were going to win that game through that run? And when we hit the lead, were you going? We're winning this game of football. Like how com- how confident out of ten were you that we were running over the top of the dogs? Eight, but I'm always confident really? for no reason. Yeah, Interesting. I thought so. Like even though we we understand that there's natural ebbs and flows in the games, and we'd had all they had all the momentum, yeah. we had all the momentum, and but yeah, that's just that's mm. just the faith that we have, isn't it? You know, Nate. I was I was the opposite. I even through the oh, run, you're a pessimist. When we, yeah, when we look when we got to like two goals down, I was sitting there, and all I could think was still two goals down. Like we have done all this work and the crowd is so up and about and I'm up and about, but we still have so much to go because of all the shit we did in that first half. And so I was struggling. And then when we hit the lead, it was like, okay, like I thought I would have had 100% confidence if we got a second goal in front, because that to me would have been like, the dogs have done all this, but look at this. We're two goals up now. Like it's two mm. two goals that they have to kick just to get back into it. And I thought that, that would have played into our hands. But as soon as uh, Jones kicked that kicked that goal to put them back in front, all I could think was, "Is fuck that, that's going to hurt us now because we've done all this work. We have left no margin for error in this game, knowing that we're thirty one mm. points down five minutes into that third quarter, and we've come all this way. 
I was like, if we don't win this center clearance, I think we're done. And so my, I wasn't I wasn't super confident. There was always a chance, but I guess I just wasn't as confident, unfortunately. Um, but enough. yeah, I think for me on this, like, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's bottled it. Don't know what it is, but. Uh, for me, I'm not even going into that question too much. I, I look at it at the viewpoint of you can't play a quarter and 10 minutes of footy and think you're going to win. Like, because mm. you have not left yourself enough, you have to be perfect in that last quarter. And so I just think it was the rest of that game that cost us rather than us doing anything in that last 10 or, or so minutes, five minutes that sort of cost us that mm. game. Um, on talking about the, the ball movement, the coaching, the, the game plan, the strategy, all of this. Did you have any other issues with the, with the way that we played, whether that's from the coaches or whether that's from the players? Was there anything that you you saw that you didn't like or, or anything uh, else that you were noticing that you, you did like the way we went about it at certain stages throughout that game that we haven't hmm. already covered? Interesting. Um I mean, I'm not sure if you're really talking about personnel things here, which I guess is kind of... You can, you can go through anything, calls. to be honest. I mean, I just... There was just a couple of things that I felt like weren't optimal. Like, I guess, taking Chera out of the CBAs. Yes, um, that was odd. Bizarre. We know... We can understand the reasoning behind it, but I just wonder whether there's... Whether there's and the, what, whether the next tinker is something like Hewitt to halfback and Chera in or something like that. Um, I'm just not sure about that. And then the, and then the mm. other one, like obviously we're going to talk about Moe's later and his passion and everything, and he was great. I'm just, I'm just not certain about always Motlop and Durden, whether, yeah. we'd, whether we're lacking a target um, mm. because I guess the, the mid-forward connection is still a yeah. massive problem. And I wonder if something that we can do, you know, personnel-wise and selection table-wise is, I don't know who it's going to be, but mm. maybe it's Motlop or Durden, um, maybe some seconds time and, and someone that's a bit more of a presence that can be a target. There's a smattering mm. of things for you. Yeah, Pick no, it is. Like. I'll, I'll start at the Chero one because that was so – It was an, it's an interesting coaching move. Your most informed midfielder by far. There, it was the yeah. massive drop-off. It was probably Kennedy is the next one and he was the sub two weeks in a row, which kind of shows you where that midfield – was that, and I have no issue with us trying something different. Like if, if Bossy's going, okay, get my big bulls in there yeah, and let's course. try it this way, go for it. But for us to kind of persist with that, I mean, even though the midfield, I didn't think was necessarily the problem. It just, it's such a weird move to be like, this guy's in form, let's now put him nowhere near it. Mm. Like he should be in there a lot more in the rotations. Because I like, I don't yep. think Chero really had any impact on that game and... Like, like, what is that? Is that, do we have to change the midfield? Is is the, is the amount of players that we have in there too many? Is Voss right in saying one has to miss out? Because, yeah. or, or do we just rotate it more? What is, do you have much of a take on the midfield mix? Because I think yeah. I'll kind of quickly answer it anyway, from my mm. point of view. Because I think that the numbers are fine because you've got Walsh can play in the half forward. Chera can play half forward or... or fuck it, put him on the wing for two seconds and get him around the contest in different ways. I know he's not a bona fide winger and we have more defined roles, but a burst mm. around a stoppage for five minutes is something. But we just need to get these guys in there more and Kennedy can go forward and be that maybe that marking target or something. It just seems mm -hmm. stupid that we just left him out for the whole game and at no stage will we like jump in, particularly when 
yeah the fast ball movement kind of works really well for a chera around the stoppage and we just didn't kind of yep. use it to our advantage maybe yeah all of those suggestions are are good and again it's not it's not merely me kind of blaming or i guess talking about this game specifically it's like how can we what can we do to yes be better moving forward and it just feels like yeah that that current whatever it is that we're rolling with it's just not optimal i don't know what it is yeah. about hewitt this season um yeah it just felt like uh, at least being at the game one of the big things for me was like it feels like there's a bunch of individual kind of mm. deficiencies that are kind of just standing out week after week. And it's yeah. like Hewitt with some of those foot skills, Crips running. It's just like these things where it's like week after mm. week, you, you see it and it's like, how, how are we going to fix these things? Can they, mm. like, they, 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 these are guys that we know are best 22 players. It's like, Harry, where's your yeah. confidence? Weedering, where's your confidence? Lewis Young, kick a football properly <laughs> and hit a target. It's like these things where these players do such great things, but yeah, it's just these small mm. little tweaks. Ugh, yeah, and it's, and it's so, now. no, I don't think you are. I think you raised really good points and it goes back to like the discussion that everyone's having right now. And it's like, is it the players, is it the coaches? And everyone's kind of picking their camp at this stage. And I don't think we necessarily have. I think everything's yeah. to blame. And I, I think that's the result of yeah. it, like, the coaching's and, and everything's not getting the best out of everyone and they're not getting the best mentally out of everyone the players aren't doing themselves favors in the way they're going about it in their form in, in their execution of any skills mm-hmm. nothing is clicking right now and i'm not i'm not even looking for someone to blame anymore like i'm over no, no, getting and coming on here and being like you fix it and you fix it like how about we all just fucking step up and and yeah, come together everyone. for once because we've never all put it together and i think that that's it like every single part of this football club needs to come together and figure out these issues and strive towards it. And and I hope that obviously that's what they're trying to do, but that they find the right tools in doing that. And whatever that is, I'm not smart enough to understand how to do it. Um, but probably like the last couple of things I'll touch on game style wise, I think I was a bit mm-hmm. frustrated in how we were allowing the dogs to move the football that I think hurt us in the end. They clearly from the get-go, we're not attacking the corridor. They knew we're not great at defending transition and they were just able to move it and move it wide. And constantly they had the wide option out there. And what annoyed me so much in that last quarter was I reckon most of their final goals and their best plays that got them over the line in that last quarter from where I was, where I was, it was the the further wing it was they have the ball near the middle and it was immediately they've got two blokes streaming wide and we're just nowhere and i don't know whose men they were who wasn't tracking Mm. but that happened every single day sorry all day they had a player Mm. there and they looked for it every single time and for us to never adjust and never seem to stamp that out was a bit of an issue for me because it was so obvious the dogs just wanted to move it wide and chip through us and and again there were so many times from kicking we just they were out and we struggle to move the ball from kick-ins and they have one kick and they're outside of our defense, our sort of forward 50. It was very, very frustrating. And the key moment that summed up our deficiencies all around and why I think we're not 100% there yet was that, I, who kicked it? Scott kicked his second goal in about two minutes. Saad isn't able to kill the ball. Weeders 
I don't know what he was doing, whether he thought the ball was over the line or not. Mm-hmm. He stands around about four Carlton plays, stand around doing nothing. Norton wins it out. Handballs to Scott. Easy goal. It was just four guys who just gave up on the play and thought it was done. And I think that's there's that mental bit still lingering. And I thought that yeah. was just a microcosm of, of everything that mm. is kind of not clicking just yet. But apart from yeah. that, I thought at a lot of moments we did defend really well. Even though I have said we haven't at stages, I thought, you know, in the second quarter, we defended the ground enough to keep getting a few repeat entries. And there was a lot of on the death spoiling from a few of our key mm. backs. And any other day, if those guys don't step up, it could have been a much worse scoreline. I thought they kept us in it at stages, even though it wasn't mm. the most complete defensive performance from us. Could Newman get the John Nichols this year? I think he's. It's almost him or Cher at this stage. The way they've been going, it's, in, it's insane. God, he's, it's like, insane. he's he's become that guy. Like I felt like it was it was mm. weedering in the past. It's like the amount of times he just saves the day. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah, nothing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's now pivot. Let's go to the listener questions. If you want to get in touch with us, right. if you want your question answered, head over to every single social media you can think of. We are there at Navy Blue Corner. If you forget, even though I say it every single week, it's in the show notes. You can just click on it. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on any streaming service, it is there in the show notes at Navy Blue Corner. On Twitter is where we do a lot of our interaction as far as getting these questions answered. So jump on in and you might get yours on the show. Lockie, what if the listeners asked us this week? I'm sure there were plenty. Plenty. (laughs) Plenty. No shortage. And we're going to have to like cap your responses to some of these or something because I want to get to quite a okay. few. Okay. I'll try ones. to be quick fire with these responses. Succinct. But they're all good and deep. So there's going to be lots yeah. where you're like, oh, man. Okay. So firstly, from Mickey C's. So is the positive that we only really played well for, the le- for less than two quarters, but we're in it up to the last five minutes? Or is the negative that we only really played well for less than two quarters? Hmm. It's How's a negative. That? It's a negative because we didn't win, and I'll try and be quick, but it's put me in another thought of why this game, we probably did need to win it, was because we played a quarter of football, and we almost beat the Doggies. And that's why I think that was such a a needing to win, because I think we're better than them by far, and we should be better than them. And so for me, it is a negative, even though you can take some positive overall bad. Yep, I like it. Uh, From Jim underscore Fiddler. I was at the game. We lack the class, skill, and composure mm. to make finals with this current group. Yeah. The effort was there, just not good enough with the personnel on the field and in the coach's box. No mm. question there, but any comment for Jim? I mean, at the moment, that's that's it. That's where we are. And if we play the way we, yep. we currently are, if we're coaching, motivating, whatever you want, collectively as a unit, as a club, if we keep doing what we're doing right now, we're not a finals team. We're just outside it. So... We've seen glimpses. Mm. It just yeah, something has to happen, and I don't know what that is, but something needs to happen. This is a good question, I think, to kind of what you were speaking to before. So from Bryza, why the slow ball movement for the first mm. half? It clearly worked better in the third and some of the fourth when the shackles were off. And this is the part that I like for you: is Voss trying to instill something in the first halves, mm. or is that just madness? Like, do you think? I there's- hope not. It it kind of leads into this question a little bit. I don't know if you feel like these are related or not, but from you and Morton, surge footy worked, but fitness-wise, we can't sustain it for more than a quarter. 
So what should we do? Can you see any kind of elements of that in terms of us trying to do different things at different parts of the game? Because we got run over the top at the end. Mm. I'm kind of devil's advocating a little, but mm. what are your thoughts on those I, couple of questions? I guess potentially, but it just feels weird to back... If, if this is the plan, which I hope it's not, it feels weird to save it for the third quarter. Like, you need to start that way. You need to show that earlier on because while, mm. yes, you could, and I think that's why the coaches are saying it's execution because we had the opportunities to still be like level at halftime, if not in front, even though we didn't play well yeah. in that first half. But we just missed yeah. it in front of goal, which we will touch on. Don't you worry. Don't scream at your, at your device that you're listening or watching this at, on. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what needs to happen to, to change that shift in, in when we go fast and when we go slow. But it is... I hope it's not a fitness thing and, and I hope it's not us thinking that yeah, we need to go slow and build into it because teams will run over the top of you if you don't play your best football. And you look at other teams, they're able to sustain high-octane football. Mm. And if we think we can play slow, why not go fast, get in front, control the football, go slow because you're controlling it, and then go fast and play that tempo. I don't know. I feel like still regardless, the balance is off. And it's a silly yep. game plan if that's what we're trying to do. Mm. I'm 100% with you. I've organized these questions on a spicy scale. So the, the heat's going to keep go. getting turned up. From Levi Horse. What's the Scoville rating on this one, Lockie? Let's put this one at about 2,000. Is that a lot? I feel like that's not I have a lot. no idea. I don't know the scale well enough. I was hoping I, was hoping I was like teeing you nah. up for something, but no, nah, I got nothing. Um, I'm not big on that stuff. Austin has brought in Chincotta, Acres, and some very ordinary small forwards. You can throw in Fogarty. I'm not sure about Hollands either. Hewitt is a shadow of himself. I guess that's what happened at Carlton. That's what happens at Carlton. You go backwards. Hmm. Any thoughts on uh, that comment there? Huh. How do I pivot and talk about this? How do I how do I take this? Um, I don't know. I, guess this I is, don't. This, I don't necessarily. I interpret yeah. this as someone going. So I just want to say, I interpret, mm. like you were saying before, everyone kind of chooses their who they want to put the blame on and like where the problem yeah. is. And Levi here, I'm interpreting as going, it, this is a list management. It's a yeah. Nick Austin problem. There's clearly list issues. We deal, we are missing key elements. I think you brought that up earlier that there's just blatant areas that we need to improve. But I don't know. I think Austin has clearly targeted to bring in, if you look at who he's brought in, he's brought in hard workers that run and then he's tried to bring in guys that can use the football or have mm-hmm. been able to use the football well. Not all of those are all of those components, but it's clear that the squad lacked run, lacked work rate, lacked skills. And you look at you know Jordan Boyd, the idea of Lockie Cow and Holland's, while he hasn't shown it just yet, he's still a kid and he, he showed it at a under-18 mm-hmm. level that he can use the football. Saad can use the football. Zach Williams has got run and he's not the worst kick out there. Like we've tried to bring guys that want to take the game on and can yeah. kick. Blake Akers has had one of the worst games of football I've seen and he's having a stinker mm-hmm. run at the moment. He's not the best ball user, but he's better than he's showing at the moment. So I don't know what's going yes. on, but... It, I think it's clear that we've brought in guys to play certain roles because we lacked it in the squad. Matty Cottrell, run. We needed it in the squad. Like, So I can't yep. begrudge that. There's just 
yeah, small forward, we clearly need someone there. We need a high half forward that can pinch in the midfield and help that connection. We need better ball users all around. But I, I don't agree yeah. that everyone just turns shit when they go to Carlton. I, I think that there's other elements that are causing those issues personally. But again, hmm. I know there's a lot of opinions on this and everyone's definitely entitled to having theirs because we don't know what's right and, and what is wrong. Yeah. We can all just say our opinions and, and hopefully have a nice discussion around it. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's all opinions. I'm in complete disagreement with this opinion. I think this is not the problem. Very ordinary small forwards, I think, is unfair on on guys that are still very young and inexperienced. Acres we were calling the most underrated recruit of the whole season two weeks ago. Um, yeah, not not the problem for me. Super bad. We need like we need yeah, like man. a super bad. We need a sting for super bad. Yeah, we need some we need sound effects. Thing. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. He says, I'm not sure what I can say. At what point is the season lost and we start trying something new? Mm. You and I were kind of talking a little bit about this before the game. The idea of like starting something new or pivoting, like is that actually feasible at this stage? You need to always like evolve how you're playing. And I think the best sides do this. You see the footy shows do this with like they show Geelong and how they're slightly adjusting the way that they're moving the football. And I think it can happen. Mm -hmm. You just have to be have the right coaches that can pick up these things that have the balls to turn around and say, what we're trying to do in this particular thing isn't working. We need to change it. We can't just stick to it if it isn't working and have the smarts to know that some things do need time. And those are the ones that you need to be patient with. It's, it's so complex. I don't think that we can completely go away from everything just yet. While I'm still calling for us to go faster and play more of that brand of football, I think for me, it's like get to the buy and see where we're at. We're still round nine. I know every game feels like it's do or die at the moment, something we spoke about just chatting before the game even started. So everyone yeah. is building up each of these games like like we've lost, we've already lost all the games that we haven't played yet, so we have mm-hmm. to beat the doggies. Mm-hmm. And while we should beat the doggies and it's not acceptable for us to lose, we could go out and win the next four. Yep. Not likely, but it could happen. So we shouldn't be just going 100% in so angry and annoyed at everything. I think there's a level to it, obviously, but I feel like us building up each individual game, like if we lose this, it's season over. Such an unhealthy way to look at everything, knowing we're still in round nine. You can call it out and say things aren't good and pinpoint the areas. I think that that is what we try to do, what a lot of people Mm -hmm. try to do. But I think if we get to the buy and things are still not right, then more bigger adjustments need to be made. And I think you can make mm-hmm. ball movement and, and how you position with ball in hand adjustments. It's harder mid-season because you don't have that time to kind of practice it. But those are the adjustments yeah. you can definitely definitely try to make. And maybe you might see some personnel adjustments too. Who knows? Yep. I agree. Um, I've tried to brought in a broad kind of range diversity of questions in today. I like um, it. From Dave H, why do we fall in love with players who average six touches a game? Who is this in reference to? Have I missed something? I'm assuming that this is in, I, I think this is in relation to Motlop and Durden without putting words okay. in Dave's mouth. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know. We just see, we, I mean, you always want to fall in love with every player, I think. 
and you see flashes. And as soon as a young kid comes into the team, you go, what could this guy be? And I think Durden's definitely down on form. We haven't seen the best of him at the moment. I thought Motlop really shined, particularly in that third quarter when we were playing a a game style that was taking the game on. I think that's Motlop's Mm. bread and butter. I thought his tackling was good. I thought he was better, but yes, the small forwards, we need more out of them. It's not been a good area. I think our forward line's disjointed for whatever reason, whether it's personnel or not. But, I mean, we just don't have any experienced, trusted guys there. It's all kind of unknowns right now. So, I don't know. I I think we're all critical of them. Uh, Many people have been calling for a few to get dropped or does Motlop even come straight back into the side? I think we're being pretty measured with things. But, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes we can go a little early on a few guys. But it's because yeah. it's because we're fans. Like we want them to be good. So I don't, I don't think that's a bad. That's a bad thing. Of course, personally. of course. Yeah. No, I think you. I think you're spot on there. I think. Yeah, it's really hard to say. It's it's hard to balance excitement for what we're getting and what we could, what we think mm. we're going to get in the future. Yeah. Particularly with guys like like them. Where if you mm. really just look at the body of work so far of someone like Motlop, maybe it's not maybe it's not up to the standard. Like it's not the standard that we hope we're gonna get from him in three or mm. four years when he hits his prime. Like Yeah. We we still this isn't think who the he's ceilings, gonna be forever. Yeah, we still think the ceiling's high, but we need to bring that that floor up. Because the floor's yep. still too low from what we should be expecting of a lot of these players this many years in. Probably more dirt and then um the Motlop for that extra year. Yeah. Um, two to go. 10,000 Scovilles now. From Carla at the underscore Mills. Should we go after Hardwick or Chris Scott? Even Buckley would lick his lips at the list that we have. I don't want Buckley. Um, and this this You're goes to a discussion that I'm putting that on the record. Uh, I just think it, I don't trust him 100% as like the perfect coach just because I didn't see enough from what he did with Collingwood. You can see that mm-hmm. the shift that McRae's had there. And I just don't think, it, I think like Malthouse, it kind of is like because these guys so kind of hated for so many years, you bring him in, as soon as anything slightly goes wrong, mm-hmm. everyone's going to be way too quick to be like, yeah, get this guy out of the club. And I'm just not mm-hmm. sure that personnel works. Coaching discussion is interesting. I am mm-hmm. not having the sack Voss bring in someone in just yet. I'm not there yet. I know a lot are. I'm waiting to at least the buy to try and make some more conclusions. And and I don't know, people, people have just like this. And I feel like this is Twitter in a nutshell, which is the issue, but everyone seems to have like an opinion, like sides. And then everything has to be so definitive because of the side you're on. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're either, Voss hasn't shown enough, so he's not the guy. We need to bring someone else in and we should be trying to get the best guy in. And then there's the people that are like, I need to see more. Let's wait. Let's not just sack the coach. And it's like people who aren't convinced now and are saying get rid are saying that the other side are like dumb in the way that they're going, well, we haven't seen anything. So why why are we keeping him? We just got to get rid. We, we, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You don't want, you're an idiot because you think Voss yes. has been doing well. And it's like, that's not what we're saying. And they're, they're saying mm-hmm. like, oh, you're deluded because if you can't see it, if you're, you think he's going to take us forward, like you're accepting mediocrity and like, this is the reason we've been so bad. And it's like, 
that side of things that I'm on of the let's just keep the faith for now, let's get through to the buy and see where we're at mm-hmm. is like I'm still not convinced on Voss. I'm not saying keep him forever. If we don't think he's the right guy, of course move him on. I have no issue with sacking a coach because, I don't know, if he's not right, then get rid of him and bring in a guy who is. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have no issue if we if we brought in another guy and within a month we went, he shit, get rid of him. Because why hang on to someone that's no good? But I just don't I think we've seen enough sample size just yet, even though we haven't seen enough from Voss. I just think it's too early now. But we should obviously be asking questions and pushing things and yeah. seeing what's around, always trying to improve the club. But I think that this staunch, mm. he's no good 100%, I can't buy into that just yet. And the back and forth from each camp having to be so definitive, I don't know. I just think it's it's this weird tribalism that everyone has to yell at each other and say that there's certain things that people are thinking, even though that's just not it. It's just, it's so... So weird. I, I hate it. I hate it. Mm. Mate, you're really you're really shining in this segment today. Can I just Am say? I? <laughs> Some I'll really great it. takes coming from you. Very balanced. And yeah, I mean that's yeah, I'm not even gonna try and add to that because I'll just mess it up. You 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 know it. <laughs> uh, our man to wrap it up, Tim Gigantor. I think we've said that he's kind of the next in line for a nickname. He's a he's a, a regular contributor, so I'm gonna leave that with you. Mm. But from Tim, he says, I have to travel from Canberra to see my beloved Blues play in person. Is it worth the huge expenses of time and money to bother doing that for the remainder of the season? Hard Tim's question. looking for some financial advice from you, um, <laughs> accountant. Don't come Randy. to me. If you need financial advice, go to Lockie. He's the business You were telling me about that crypto <laughs> coin the other day, weren't you? Oh, so we you- made a little bit of money off the Doge back in the day. <laughs> Everything else has tanked incredibly, but you know, just the risk you take. I knew nothing about it, and I was just playing for fun. Uh, but I, didn't, I did put enough into it anyway. But, but look, it's a tough one. I'm not going to tell anyone what they should be doing and whether they should do it. If you get it, if you're not getting the enjoyment out of being mm. at the footy and the travel then fair enough. Like, I'm not going to begrudge anyone. But if you're yep. like me in the fact that you'll sit there at a 200-point loss because you're probably an idiot and you've <laughs> that's just what you – and you hope that they right. can turn it around and you look for a sign in it that, oh, maybe next week because they did this little thing, it could be better, then, then rock up. But it's, it's a tough one now because so many people have got other shit on. Things are so expensive. And if you're not getting mm-hmm. the enjoyment out of it, Don't do it, but, you know, things can turn. Who knows? Mate, look at that. That's what I'm saying. You nailed that segment today. I'll I'll just add one last thing. Back on that coaching thing. I'll throw out a question to everyone right now. now It is in the Voss out camp because I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. We spoke about this off pod. My big thing also around the, let's say we sack Voss right now. Let's do the hypothetical. Mm -hmm. Brennan Bolton. Who do you bring in? Who do you bring in oh. right now? Who is the guy that is available that will automatically come in and guarantee to do a much better job than what we're seeing? My issue is I don't see that. If if a mm-hmm. Ross line was still available, you know, I, I don't even say you can put Clarko in that because what he's doing with North hasn't been amazing. Yep. Kingsley was someone we spoke about, but he's gone. Like 
I don't see that perfect assistant coach that is prime, that everyone is being like, he's the next man. He's the perfect choice. Yeah. Obviously, it could be better, but it feels speculative to me. me and that's kind of why I'm like, let's just see this out for a bit and, and see what does happen. We can cut ties, but if, you, if you're on the Voss out, let me know who's out there. Let me know who you iron off because yeah, we'd I'm love in, to know. I'm, in, I'm interested to have the discussion. It's not me just shitting on you, being like, "I don't think there's anyone," so you're an idiot. It's more just, I don't see who's out there that could be doing a better job. So I want you to find someone to convince me. Make it a bit of a, yeah. a back and forth debate more than anything else. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic point. We we know how disruptive it is to bring in a new coach. So yeah, we don't want to just be doing that. Um, mm. willy-nilly I feel like all the easy options are out at the moment they're all taken um, but that's the that's the listener questions again if you want your questions Love answered it. jump over to Twitter at Navy Blue Corner get on the other socials as well to never miss something follow, subscribe, like everything I'm just going to throw that out there in a blanket statement to be as generic as possible yep. we'll pivot slightly right I know this is going long but we're going may as well make this a seven hour episode because I got Why so not? much shit I still want to cover let's go back to the hot topics for a second because the big one that we need to cover set shots execution and the snaps is it a big one I'm not sure it is a big it's one it's a massive one it's a massive one surprise there wasn't a lot of questions around this one but mm. one goal four at halftime we had a lot of misses. Mm-hmm. We had Harry ballying the ball almost directly in front, went the snap behind. Motlop ballied it, no score, didn't make the distance. Walsh dropped punts, hard angle, but kicks it on the full. Cripps left foot snap that almost made me leave the stadium. Uh, if you could mm-hmm. almost sub a player out for that, I would have. Uh, left foot snap, ballies it, no score. One goal for... Three no registered scores, all of these decent opportunities. For me, it should have been 4-4 at least, which puts us level at halftime because I think yeah. Harry's needs to be a goal. Motlop needs to be a goal. Cripps needs to be a goal. But Walsh's needs to be a point at least, I think. Sure. Should be getting something on the score. So with those misses and how it all went down, do you have a hot take on the snaps? Oh, do you like it? Man. Do you hate it? Do you want them to change it? Um, and what are you putting these regulation shots at goal and missing them down to? Because while we weren't playing well, we had mm-hmm. these opportunities to get us level at halftime. What's it down to? And what are your takes on the snapping of the ball? Well, I'm putting it down to confidence, 100%. And my opinion on this is like the call out that you kind of made just then about the coaches. I'm yet to see a good take around this topic. So if okay. if people have if people have opinions about about this, please send them through to us. Like you said, we didn't get uh, any questions about mm. this this week, so I'm I'm interested to see them, and I'm excited to hear what yours is to see if you can be mm. you know break the barrier for me and be the first one. Uh, because what are the things that come to mind? If I know myself, who's played some footy in my time. Um, I wouldn't be snapping from where Harry did from 40 yes. meters out, but I would be from where Motlop was. Mm. And Motlop's a much better set shot on goal, uh, shot on goal than me. Yep. So I would definitely be backing him in um, mm. to do whatever is comfortable. I think I think the players the players are doing what they think is the most likely thing to get a goal. Like yes. I'm going to call him out right now, but Marcos, uh, friend of the podcast, <laughs> guest. 
cracked it when Cripps out did of the that podcast. <laughs> he, he cracked it when Cripps did that snap, and he said that was yeah. arrogant of mm. Cripps to do that. Yeah, and I don't see it that way. I think really? that's a man who has no com- he has no confidence in his drop punt. He has no confidence in the drop punt, and that's why he's like I. I'm the captain of this team. We cannot score a goal mm. for the life of us. I need to do the most likely thing that I think, and that and that's the decision that he made. Yeah. So if he if he kicks a drop punt and then we go, oh, well, why didn't you snap it? Like it's just it's just too much hindsight for me. I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah. I've definitely got a spicier take. Get the Scoville rating up on this one. Um, <laughs> I agree with you on Motlop's one. Motlop's one, I don't have an issue with him snapping, but he needs to kick it. And when everyone misses, that's when the, I get the pressure builds and it becomes harder. The, the issue I have with Harry's one, I mean, he's just so down on confidence. He's got probably going to miss it anyway. And I don't know he's what the least confident player in the AFL around him, but like that. It seems, I know this discussion always comes to him around the snaps and, and what it is, but like that position from what I, it seems to, we seem to believe where he snaps, where he kicks a drop punt. That mm-hmm. felt like drop punt territory because the angle. I have yes. no issue with him snapping because he thinks the angle works better for him because he seems to kick better on that side with it. I will agree with that. He's just so down in confidence that, I don't know, for him, I don't know if he, if it, whatever it takes, he's probably going to miss it at this stage. Okay. The issue well, I be, have can, is can, mainly. Can I be clear? With everything yeah. you said just then, I agree. We're in agreement yeah. so far. So carry on. So I don't have a massive, massive issue with the snaps in that sense. I have a massive issue with whatever the, f- sorry for my language here, whatever the fuck Paddy Cripps is doing. No, we swear on this. He is a man. Who, yes, the left foot snap is better for the angle, 100%. Mm-hmm. What's the worst trade? Right, what's the worst disposal trade of Patrick Cripps? He's kicking. He's not a sure. great kick on his right. What's he even worse at? Kicking on his left. I think. For According him to, to you. Kick- Oh, well, show, many, me his many... left, show me his left foot kicks that have hit a target. They're always ballys that do nothing. And it's the most infuriating thing when he's out in the open and scuffs a left foot kick. He always tries on the left way too hard so many times. It's never good. So why did he try it then? I'm, I'm not disagreeing in the fact that we think that he thinks that is the best option. I'm saying someone needs to tell him, no, Cripper. We're not kicking on our opposite foot. You're a captain. You're a leader. We don't kick on our opposite foot for fun. That is not not highest. It's not highest percentage. Left foot is not highest percentage for Patrick Cripps. Show me how many times he's nailed a left foot snap. How many times has he nailed drop punch from the pocket? Show me one. I would say so. I would say you are a much higher chance to kick a goal with your preferred foot than your non-preferred foot. Surely so no you can one... agree with me on that. No, absolutely. you should never kick a goal on your opposite foot. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying the percentage chance of kicking a, a of executing a kick, you will have a better chance with your preferred foot over your opposite foot. I agree. I, I feel I've just a, if I was just doing two kicks right now, yes, preferred foot. Yes. But it depends on the angle that you're on. Which is what he was. I thinking. see. Th- see, this is where I disagree. I think I hate, and I hated when Charlie Kerno did it at the Good Friday game. I don't like players kicking on their opposite foot 
for goal in angle just because they think it opens the angle more when, and maybe this is my opinion, I don't believe their opposite mm. foot is going to get the job done better just because it's better for the angle because I don't trust their opposite feet. Harry went on his right, fucked it. Cripper does this and it's like, I want my captain. I would have no, like I'd have much less issue if Patrick Cripps missed it, kicking it on his right, whether he goes to snap, whether he goes to drop punt. It's the fact he uses opposite foot. And for me, I just don't think that that's a higher percentage option when we're so desperate for a goal. It felt like he obviously thinks that's the best thing to do, but someone needs to tell him that's not the right move, Cripper. You're an idiot. Don't kick on your opposite foot. Your left foot sucks. It's never been good. Don't do it. That's my opinion. I'm hot on that because that it got me. I was probably like Marcos. I was so angry when I saw that because I just thought it was dumb rather than arrogant. I just thought it was the dumb move because his left mm. isn't good. Yeah. I, I, I respect the opinion and I definitely understand. Mm. Like, I debate. understand where you're coming from with it all. We're, we're not going to see eye to eye to it. I think, I think it's just so blurry. Um, so, so what about like, and, and I'm just kind yeah. of devil's. No, let's go for it. Let's not. go for it. So w- what if it is, you know, the one degree angle where you're, you know, you, you, that shot in the pocket where you might, like if you and I were doing it, like maybe we'd banana it. You would, you would always banana it no matter what, no matter the angle. You would never try and step out and left foot snap it. You this personally. is kind of, it depends on the player. Like if there is a player that is good on both sides of their of their body, then I think it can kind of work. If someone's prone to kicking on their opposite and he's good at it, then yes. But it's like I've seen Crips, for instance, use his opposite foot in the field of play and I have not been confident every time I've seen it. It looks sometimes like he almost misses his foot. So that's the frustration. If there was a player that yeah. is so good on their oppo, they're almost two-sided, then... Yeah, I wouldn't have as much of an issue because it's like, oh, well, he's normally decent on his op- oppo, so it works. So for me, it's just if the I'm isolating it to the player there because I just don't think that he's good on his opposite foot from what yeah. I've seen, oh, and that's that's I where that. I draw my issue for it personally. That's exactly that's exactly where I disagree with it because uh, it, it's kind of like how, what was the thing we were talking about the other week, like about when we were talking about um, selections, and we yeah. just watched the players once mm. a week and there's so many things going on behind the scenes yeah. that we have no idea all these nuances and we, we get this little part of every week and we use that as everything that's how i feel about this situation patrick cripps has put in his ten thousand hours likely of kicking on goal and we've seen what we've seen and we're drawing this conclusion that um we're drawing the conclusion that mm. he's got no hope on that foot I know. I, I just. I want to. I, maybe it's too optimistic of me, of me, but I want to believe that he knows himself better than we do. Mm. You'd look, that, you'd, you'd hope so. No, I, I, I get it. I definitely think we we've talked about it for a fair bit. Um, I, I like the point of like, if he's trained it, and if, if he's literally spent the whole week being like, oh, I've not missed on the left here. Go for it, and I can understand <laughs> the thinking there, but like. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's so hard off what I have seen of him I know. thinking I that, that that was the best option. Um, but the kicking in general, I think there's just a big confidence issue and it goes back to the yeah, mentality of why we're struggling because as soon as one person misses and we're like, we need a goal because of everything that's gone before it, 
puts more yes. pressure on the next kick and the next kick and the next kick. And that's exactly when it just becomes right. so hard to nail it. And what's that? How do you fix that? How do you fix the mentality? Do you bring players in that are good? Do you, how do you is it something need well, to click? I don't know, but there's, there's an issue yeah. around that mentality in general. Definitely. I think, I think part of it is, and definitely like, I agree with you on which ones you said probably should have gone through and which didn't, mm. but, we, we can do more for ourselves about getting ourselves in better positions. Yes. Like even sometimes we didn't have shots on goal, we'd be putting it out to the 50 in the pocket and it goes out of bounds. It's like, even if we got that mark there, do we really yeah. want... Yeah, like JSOS had a cut, they had two chances in the first quarter, one's on the boundary, one's 50 <sighs> out. It's like, well, they're yeah. low percentage. Yeah. Exactly. No, I definitely, definitely agree. Um, quickly spitfire these two questions at you because they were do on it. my thing. We talked a bit about a missed opportunity. How big is this missed opportunity? And going back to the Voss chat real quick, I'm throwing out an outlandish question that some will okay. be wanting us to answer. How much pressure does this put on Vossi and the club if we lose our next four? That is Collingwood, Sydney, Melbourne, Essendon. Mm. Bit in that. Bit uh, in that. It, there is. I guess I'm not sure what you're defining as like how much pressure does it put on like what is that gonna? What is that gonna do? Are you um, insinuating that that Voss could be gone before season's end if that happens? For, I think that's kind of losses? what I think people are saying. Like if we do that, obviously, there's, and this is the thing: there's obviously more games that come after this, and anything could happen. But yeah, if we go through those games and lose every single one of them. Judging off how we've gone so far this year, we then continue to only beat like the the West Coasts and the Hawthorns, but sort of lose to sure. everyone else around yeah. us. Do you think that that would this? Do you think that this sort of patch is really pivotal to not having this conversation at the end of the season where we go, hmm. oh God, we've missed the eight again, so Voss is done. Oh, 100%. Oh, I mean, yeah, the pressure is rising already and there's people already calling for this. So were that to happen, then I think the pressure will be greater than it ever has been. Yeah. Um, and I'm also not going to sit here and say that I there's no world where I want Vossi mm. sacked before the end of the season. Yeah. Like we could see things in these next four weeks where we'll be sitting here and I'll be saying, okay, that's it. It's gone too far now. This is crazy. Lose by 10 goals every single game. It's like, well, what, what do we do? What and why we... is Cripps at at fullback? Like, <laughs> and and Vossi's in the press conference saying, "Nope, that's it. That's what we're doing. I'm putting my foot I'm down. He doesn't it. want to play there, but I'm like, I'm there's, liking there's a that. The effort's good. The effort's good. It's just the execution. If you keep hearing that, that'll be an issue. Exactly. Okay. And I think that's so unlikely. I think I think we're going to win this week, and I think mm. we're going to win other games in this stretch. So I don't think mm. it is going to happen. But of course, if we lose all four of these, yes. then it's going to be manic. Mm. Yeah, no, we definitely have to win some through this patch to get through. And I think that's why this game was seen as such a big missed opportunity because I guess even seeing that yeah. game, the dogs did not excite me. I think that they were so beatable. We played a quarter of football and, and almost beat them, but that yeah. probably just shows where we're at right now where, you know, they're a kind of team we should be beating. We need a beat, but for whatever reason, we're not doing it. Uh, let's go to yep. our good versus evil, evil segment. It's a new one that we're kind of launching here <laughs> where – in these games, we need a balance, basically. It's a balancing act of the good and the bad. In this one, we've talked so much about the bad, so we need to throw some good in here for a bit more of a well-rounded perspective. Lockie, 
What were your <laughs> little positives in this? Hmm. Were there any? Yeah, I mean, I actually feel like we've kind of covered them, I guess. I mean, we didn't really talk about... We haven't really talked about Cottrell and Owies yet. Yeah. As the mats to come back in, we said... <laughs> We said three was a good amount of mats, but maybe we needed more mats. Maybe we need more. They're, they're, all maybe. the mats were good. So at so far, I'm seeing a direct correlation with the name Matt and being good at football in Carlton. I asked you last week who, who's going to be the next Matt. You didn't have a good answer. You no, but clearly, clearly, we need a team of mats. And maybe this is right. mid-season review when we Let look at know. trade targets early. We're looking at some mats, I think. But no, look, I think we'll talk about those because oh, like Matty always, my goodness. Speaking of needing a small forward, he was the only man that actually mm. stood up when no one could finish a chance. Mr. Reliable, like his form this season is exactly what we've missed. A small forward that stays deep, is a marking option, finishes his job. He, he, was, he was unbelievable. Three goals from eight disposals, five marks, five score involvements. You cannot ask more from Matty Owies, and he's been doing it pretty much every single game. Uh, yep. Wow. We thought this guy was a role player, maybe not even best 22, and right now he's our best small yeah. forward. He's probably our second best forward behind Charlie currently, which is ridiculous, like on form, on form, obviously. Yeah. Uh, what did you have for your goods? I had uh, I had Cottrell as well. I said just his yep. run, and, run and gun style of football, something we've yeah. been missing. He's very direct. And offers another option for us higher forward onto the wing. I think he definitely holds his spot and just showed an Makes element move. that we're clearly missing that the, the ability to run and use the ball. Like he seems to be a lot better kick <laughs> the last couple of seasons than we saw early on. And, and that's the growth mm. area that we needed from him. And we're not yeah. expecting him to be the best player in this team, but if he plays that role that we need, oh, it's just, it's so good to have him back. It's just a different diverse element. Uh, I did have one that was different. If you want me to throw my last Please do. in there. Please it do. It was, I didn't think either of these two games were perfect, but what they were able to do on the flip side, I thought was incredible. And that was Pitonet and Sauce mm. in quelling mm. English influence on yeah, the game. Great. I thought Timmy English was nowhere, did nothing, didn't influence the ruck really, didn't yeah. influence a lot. He obviously has like the last two taps that they get clearances on. But apart from that, and that's a clearance, what can you do? I don't think he did a lot. And for those yeah. two to work him over as much as they did physically, I didn't expect it. So I have to give those two some kudos. No, not good for our super coach. Um, no. <laughs> he's going to take that beautiful intercept mark on the last line. And thank you, Charlie. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I think Pitt should be getting wrapped for that game. Uh, it's going to be interesting... Mm. Teddy Cave will be available this week. Hopefully available. He's had two weeks with a concussion. It's always hard to know yeah. how long the symptoms will persist, but you'd assume he'd be back at some form. I'd say VFL because he's missed so much football. You need something mm. before you come back in. That's my take yes. anyway. Was there, was yeah. there any other good? Any other good? That's my goods. I covered it. Yeah, that is it. So we'll get into a votes. Get into the votes now. You're three, two, one. We've got to tally this up. I've got to get on the spreadsheet and find out who's leading this. And we'll yes. announce it next week. I'll try to make a promise for that one because I've said this previously and failed. Okay. So give me your three, two, one, Lockie. I went with Moe's three. Got to yep. take those opportunities. And he did. I've gone the John Nichols, Nick Newman, uh, number uh, two votes. 
And then, uh, I yeah, he wasn't perfect, but I think Walsh deserves one. I don't know what's happened in the universe, Lockie, but we oh, are finally no, aligned baby. again. <laughs> oh, this is incredible. Open. The stars have aligned. This surely means we're beating the pies oh, next week. I'd always three. Newman, too. I thought he was really good. He's He could have been in the goods. 23 disposals, eight marks, yeah, five yeah. tackles, eight intercept possessions, six score involvements. He was everywhere, stopped it in defense, rebounded well for us, thought he was really, really solid for us. Um, yep. Gov and Pitt were probably close, maybe a dock as well, close to getting that one vote. Gave it to Walshy, mm. 29 disposals, got the goal, thought when we played our best football, he was involved and just, yeah, playing really well. It was hard to scrape in that one vote, but yes. it is to Walsh. Now, I know this has been going long, but we've got one more segment to go. It's a good Everybody's one. Favorite. Lucky, Lucky didn't have anything for me. He I've said got he one. didn't have anything before we started the podcast, so I'm hoping to see Don't if he does have something like this? to potentially induct. Let's fight again. Let's fight. Well, get ready, mate. I'm keen to hear who you've nominated for our favorite segment, the Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the ceremony of ceremonies. Straighten your tie, adjust your monocle, and raise a pinky for the navy blue corner Hall of Fame. It is a prestigious, prestigious ceremony, the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame. We've had some good inductees so far. This is where Lockie and myself put someone up for nomination, someone, something, anything we saw this week that was funny, that we're angry at. It is very loose on what can be up for nomination, and then we decide what is inducted. If you have anything, if you see anything throughout the week, could be during the game, anything on your way to the football, let us know if you have a nomination at Navy Blue Corner, DM us, tweet at us, email us if you need to. Let us know, and it can jump up for nomination. But Lockie, mm-hmm. what would you like to bring to the table this week? I'll have to do my best Ian Brownie storytelling here to get this one over the line. Um, it's a good thing that we're in ties for the Hoff because I was tied up on Saturday night, Oof. as you saw. Fancy, mate. You were at Nobu, were you? Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to use this segment to do you and just talk about how you know well things are going yeah. uh, in my world right now, um, which was that Dad and I went to the President's Club dinner, which was Lala. fantastic. Got to have a good little chat with Luke, share some frustrations at halftime, um, Cookie as well. Um, but as you any know, goss, any Soge bombs? Uh, Got anything for I, us? I actually do, but I I'm going to save them for off pod. For now, I'm gonna, you know, for keep, now, he's keeping it away from you, listeners. I'll, yeah. Don't worry, I'll find the scoops. I'll find the scoops. <laughs> um, as you know, in the fourth quarter, it was getting pretty spicy. It was heating oh, yeah. up. Scoville so, rating, mate. The Scoville rating was going off the roof. So I ran back inside, and at the President's Club, it's a you know, it's an open bar. All the Oof. beers are fine, everything like that. There's seven minutes to go. I just need some water. I don't need. Hydrate. I don't. I just need to hydrate properly. I run up to the bar. It's like, it's just between goals. I need to quickly get back to my seat. Um, oh, can I just grab a water, please? Sorry, there's only six minutes to go. And I was like, no, 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 no. All good. Just water in a glass. And she was like, she looks around and she goes, I'm going to have to grab my supervisor if that's okay. What? And I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I walk back to my seat. 
parched. Didn't have this any waters. Not, there was. This is not like the you know, uh, canteen or whatever around the ground. This is a bar inside the function room that you pay. How much? From a tap. <laughs> from a tap. Yeah, I'm not. The, <laughs> Well, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to know what it's like in this room. Clearly, not worth the money if there's no water in there. <laughs> Mister Level Two over here giving me that. Um, but I just thought that that was that is bizarre. Worthy of a of an induction. I could understand just... if she's like, "Sorry, I can't get you a beer. The, the game's about to wrap up." It's like, you know what? Oh, fine. Even though they were serving beers after the game too, might I add? Just a. I should have passed ex- out. Imagine that. The, that the lack of explanation from her is bewildering. Like her saying, oh, there's six minutes to go. As if that means anything, firstly. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. Oh, I know. No, six minutes means yeah. no water. Universal signal. <laughs> we all if know. I heard it then, like if she had said, oh, I'm sorry. Like all the jugs are empty. The water <clears throat> yeah. actually isn't here. It's going to take longer. But there's no explanation from this lot. No. Mate, don't get me started on, on the Marvel service. And people um, around it, not in my, not in my Hall of Fame this week. Is there a tweet about typical, this? typical from the Marvel Stadium um, aura. I'm calling because I think these people are good and they mean well. And anywhere else, they would be fine. Put these people at the MCG and it'd all work well. But the aura of Marvel just it, it ruins it. And it means Lockie's he's, he's dehydrated and he may have gone to hospital. He's got the IV drip in currently. That is that is hilarious. True. In fact, I'll get my supervisor. Just so I can find you some water is ridiculous. Well, outdo me, this mate. segment. This segment is becoming a rant. It's kind of what it is, and it's kind of fun. I do enjoy oh. it. But last week, I did go big on a rant, Lockie. I was talking I about my level two, my privileged seating, <laughs> and my Marvel no experience. Boo. And I said, mate, I'm Best copping Portaloo toilets behind me on level two. Mm-hmm. And that's unacceptable. I went, I went off. I wasn't happy. And I voiced my displeasure and broadcasted my experience through the broader media, through this podcast, that I'm privileged. Yeah, that's why we do it. Through. And, well, I could not believe my eyes when I got a text message Friday morning from the Carlton Football Club. Now, clearly, <laughs> someone at Carlton must be a big fan of the pod, or even maybe oh, it was wow. someone at Marvel Stadium themselves, because, look, judging by my treatments, I'm probably on some watch list. They're keeping tabs on me, and maybe they heard it. I'm not too sure, but <laughs> I cannot believe I got this text message from Carlton, and it read, an update on housekeeping at Marvel Stadium. We understand there has been an issue regarding the bathroom facilities on level two. These have now been moved away from the seats to reduce any negative impact to the game day experience. Now, while most likely some supporters actually did something useful, emailed and let some authority <laughs> know that the Use toilets the are no good, we've got to get rid of them. And that, you know, this text message went out to every Carlton member. You know, but I'd like to think that it was me, that it was my feedback on this podcast using this platform that enacted the change and that this text message was only sent to me because they knew how important this was to me and that I am solely responsible for the changes to the Portaloos on level two. So for this week, I would like to induct and you can choose, you can choose if I can get one of these in because it's a 50-50 between... Marvel Stadium for listening to my concerns, or whether I myself should be inducted for being oh able to my this beautiful God. change, getting those portaloos <gasps> moved out of here, or maybe it's a joint. Maybe we'll co get inducted this week. Um, but that's up. The for ego. 
That is not where I thought you were going to go with that. No, that is not what this segment is about. We are not looking to get ourselves into this. That is a disgrace to this. I wasn't looking to get myself in. But what can I do when I've enacted such revolution to Marvel Stadium? You, you, you wait till next week. You'll get a text message. Waters <laughs> will be available <laughs> at six minutes to go at the president's lunch function. Don't you, you worry. Make a, you make a it strong case. So, I would be looking to induct myself were that the case next week. So I'll, I'll I just pay think it. the fact that I got the, uh, the communication was incredible. But I think I can't split it. I think yours is incredible. I'm selfishly <sighs> thinking mine's not bad. Getting the communication so lucky this week. Mm. How about we put it to the people? Do it. To the listeners. If you are listening or watching right now, if you're watching on YouTube, say who gets inducted into the Hall of Fame Most this time. week. Put it in the comments. If you're not on the YouTube and you're listening to this, if you're driving wherever you are right now, whenever you can safely jump on the social media at Navy Blue Corner. Let us know. Every yep. vote will go into it and we'll announce on our match build-up show what has gone into the Hall of Fame. I think that'll be good. But that is pretty much going to wrap this episode up. It's been a tough Short one episode. to talk about. Another loss, a short one for those um, listening. <laughs> Hopefully you have enjoyed it. But we'll be back for our Collingwood match build-up episode later, in, later this week. Subscribe, follow, make sure you do not miss an episode. Get onto the social medias to keep up to date. With everything, it's it's a disappointing loss, but we've got to bounce back. We've got another game. Time stops for no man. We'll be back here talking and building up the Collingwood game. Go the baggers. See you guys next time. <laughs>